I was the kid that would wear a suit to class in high school. People would think it was weird. Wait, for no reason. It ain't even like I wear a career day. Any chance I get to wear a suit, like, I'm going to put it on. <laughs> you better put that thing on, JT. Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it because it's your business, your business, business. What's up, what's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery, and it's all-star, baby. I mean, it's all-star, but I'm gonna call it Vegas week. I'm gonna get into that a little bit later. But we have basically an all-star lineup, okay? We have the MVP candidate, who's also an all-star, Alicia Gray, pulling up on us. And then, listen, if you don't know his name yet, you will. Trust me, you will. John Thomas is a fashion designer that makes custom one-on-ones. And when I say custom one-on-ones, they're not just your average, they're lit. Your favorite player has probably worn his clothes. We're gonna get all the way into it and then the crew will discuss All-Star. Let's go! It's Vegas week. I was about to say it's All-Star week, but it's really Vegas week because Summer League is going on right now. That's where I am. This is MoCo on the go. I'm taking you guys everywhere with me. So right now I'm sitting at a hotel in Vegas because of Summer League. And everybody knows the number one draft pick, Victor Wambignana, has been shut down for the rest of Summer League after having a 27-point game, 12-rebound, three-block game in his second game of the season. And so there was a lot of speculation about Victor after the first game where people were – not, I would say, impressed with his first showing. You know, he went to the press conference and he was talking about how I just, you know, I don't know what I was doing out there. I don't really know what was going on out there. Sports is unforgiving. Like, you got to understand that sports is unforgiving. So I'm not surprised at all that the Spurs shut down their number one draft pick, their franchise player, because they, you always want your athletes to feel like they're in the best position that they can be in. You want them to always feel their best when they're playing. You want them to always feel like they understand what's going on. So when you hear Victor say, you know, I didn't know what I was doing out there, you got to assume that the team is like, oh, yeah, it's a no. And especially after he had a good game where he had 27, 12, and 3, you're like, all right, you showed him enough. Let's shut it down. So that's what's going on in Summer League. His games were selling out. They were people standing in line to get good seats because it's first come, first serve, starting at like three in the morning, trying to get good seats to watch him play. So all of that pandemonium has now died down because they said, yeah, we're shutting him down after this second game. So we'll stay tuned, though, on Victor, because Kenny the Jet Smith said that on year four that Victor Wambiana will be MVP. So, I mean, that's a big statement, but I don't think anybody would be surprised. You know, he has the physical attributes once he starts to learn the game here, learn the system with the Spurs. <laughs> he has pop. You know, he has pop as a coach. So in pop, we trust. We know that he's going to put him in a system that helps him be successful. So it's going to be interesting to see when the NBA season starts, because there was a lot of people speculating about his play. And as they should, because I was taught in sports you're only as good as your last game. You know, like that's what everybody would always tell me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you play well? Oh, you had a good season last year? Yeah, nobody cares. Or, you know, you, you're only as good as your last game. And so with with Victor, I'm sure he already knows that. You know, his agent, they was reaching out to his agent, getting quotes from his agent. His agent was like, I never worry about Victor mentally. And that's great to hear because with the internet and how people are, especially when it comes to betting and just even diehard sports fans, it's not for the week. You know, sports is not for the week. I'm going to just say that. You have to be able to have tough skin and take a lot. And on another note, on the NBA side of things, Commissioner Adam Silver had an ESPN show to announce their in-season tournament that they're about to start this season. And anybody that's familiar with the WNBA, y'all know exactly what this is. We call it the Commissioner's Cup, so I'm going to call it the Adam Silver Cup. And all the concepts are the same. All the same concepts apply. They broke up their their league into different groups. You know, ours was broken up broken up into basically the East and the West, but they broke their league up into different groups. And certain nights are going to be Adam Silver Cup games. And then on December 7th and December 9th, I told you it's Vegas week. They're back to Vegas, and that's where the semifinals and the championship will happen. So Vegas... 
Vegas is really turning into a, a, a entertainment and sports town. You know, it used to be an entertainment town where, you know, you come get food, entertainment, concerts, shows, all of that. But now when you come to Vegas, you get a little side of sports. You know, you're going to get a little appetizer of sports. And that's that's actually what Adam Silver said when he was announcing it. He was like, why do we choose Vegas to have the semis and the finals for the, the Adam Silver Cup? Um, because Vegas knows how to throw an event. They do. Like, we're seeing it right now. And speaking of Vegas week, the WNBA All-Star game is this weekend in Vegas. Um, I'm hyped because we have three All-Stars that will be participating. Alicia Gray, Cheyenne Parker, and Ryan Howard. So you already know I'm going to be turned up. I'm Like I told you guys at the top of this right now, I'm here in Vegas. I'm going to take a quick trip to L.A. for the ESPYs, and then I'm back like I never left to support the squad. It's so exciting. Like, it, everything, I can't emphasize enough how excited I am for everything happening with the Atlanta dream. Like, you know, I, I tweeted out the other day that support is always a verb for me. And when I say like, I support the Atlanta dream wholeheartedly, I know nobody can would even doubt that. But whenever things like this happen, where you have three players that are rewarded for their work and their efforts, it's like the whole franchise wins. And so I'm excited. Like our team is a tight knit group. I love our squad, and so I'm going to be in the building. I'm going to be in the building. Um, you might not see me because I think, but I'm going to be in the building supporting our squad. And so it's just exciting times for the dream, even just how we're playing. You know, as I'm filming this right now, it's a Tuesday, and we've won five games straight. Five games straight. I told Gail, like, what's good? The squad is turning up. And it's exciting, too, because if y'all don't know, Gail Bean is the person who does the Nike basketball commercials, sipping her tea. She's an Atlanta Dream fan. So I'm letting her know what's going on with her squad. And anybody else, I always tell people, like, listen, if you're looking for a squad that you want to support, look into the Atlanta Dream. And so on that note, since it's the All-Star episode, it's only right that we have WNBA MVP candidate Alicia Gray pull up on Montgomery & Co. Check it out. First of all, welcome to the A. I've already told you welcome to the A before, but I'm excited. It's year seven, and I've been talking to everybody because there's year ones, year twos. Year seven, what do you wish you could have told yourself coming into training camp year one? Oh, I wish I would have told myself year one. Year one, if you knew what you was thinking year one, not knowing, what, not knowing what's going to happen, you're now a pro, not knowing nothing. You're sitting here with seven years of experience now. What would you tell young little Alicia? Just coming mentally prepared. I mean, you can train to be feeling strong, but it's definitely a mental game. Sure. For sure. And so a lot of the younger players have talked about the college jump to pros is very different. And I've asked some of the rookies, like, what's the biggest difference to y'all? And they said the physicality. Did you feel that when you were younger, or is it was it different? Was it more mental game for you? Oh, it was the exact same thing, physicality. For yeah. real? So mm -hmm. what is it I for the people? Because I, <laughs> I want the college athletes to know, like, almost how to prepare. Because it's like every athlete I've talked to that's came in here, they were like, physicality, no question. So how would you have prepared differently knowing how physical it's about to be? Uh, I don't know. I'd probably get on the weights more. I mean, but it like... You coming in 21, 22, and you're yeah. playing against like wrong women. Like, Facts. the next, like, it's like a big age gap, like 38, 39 years old. Like, and I'm like <laughs> 22 coming in. So, uh -huh. definitely like the physicality for sure. No, okay, so, and when you're going into a season, like, what's this off season been like? What was your focus? Like, what? Because every year, you're year seven. So, every year we say as an athlete, we're trying to add something to our game or to our bag or even just mental study in the game. But what was like your focus this off season? Uh, my focus was mainly uh, getting more like creative with my moves, uh, beefing in my bag a little bit. Okay, you trying to get something <laughs> in your bag? Put some tricks in your bag? Like, so what? Like, how do you do that? How do you get more creative? Uh, I mean, I have a trainer. Uh -huh. I mean, he trains with John Holman. Shout out I mean, to John. I'm yeah, saying we go shout out to him. So, okay. yeah, I mean, I just tell him like what I want to do and we train. I know me coming to Atlanta, I have more opportunities to score and, yes, you go know. Yes, get a bucket, okay? Yeah, I had the ball in my hand a little more. So yeah, so I just knew this offseason was like, 
take advantage of more ISO one-on-one -on -one situations. And what do you like? Like, what positions? Because, like, I'm a point guard, so I've been talking to every player. Like, Ari, I talked to her point guard to point guard. But if I'm your PG and I'm like, where do you like to get your shots at? What do you like? Like, what would you answer to me? I like dribble handoffs. I like coming off down screens, uh -huh. and I love the curl. You love the curl? Uh -huh. Okay, girl, you better get that curl. Which side, though, left side, right side? I'm always both? coming to my left. Coming my to left your left. Yeah. So the reason I'm asking this is because I was asking Ari and them, like, things that point guards be having to think of. So now that you told me that, as your point guard, I would make sure that every time I'm like, get over to the other mm -hmm. side. Are you one of them players, though, that be forgetting the place? Uh, hit the dance. Oh, no. At one stage of the game. Why? Because you make our lives more difficult. Yeah. I know you know. Look at yep. them. They That's be me. knowing it. That's me. I'll be looking at porn like, what I do? Like, and I'll be like, get over yeah. there. You be out there. Because you know, we got the ball. Somebody's guarding us. And yeah. we're trying to tell everybody. Y'all do realize yeah, that. Yeah, I couldn't be a point guard. <laughs> I can only be a shooting guard. <laughs> so you too much, thinking. Too, much thinking. Yeah, too much thinking. Where do you get the confidence on the court, though? Like, let's say you're not having a good game. How you snapping back? Like, we saw Jason Tatum go from where people were like, what's Jason Tatum doing to where he scored 51, game seven record. How do you get that bounce back? I just know what happens. Like, it's the game of basketball. I mean, you're going to have, like, slumps. But it's how you put in the work to work out of it. Because I remember last season, or the season before, mm -hmm. I think it was like Olympic year. It was Olympic uh, year. When I came back, I had like a little shooting slump, but I mean, I just got in the gym, put up a lot of shots, and eventually it clicked back, and then from then on, it's just the work you put in. Can somebody get you out of a shooting slump? Because this is what, like, because people were talking about Clay Thompson was in a shooting slump at a certain point, multiple people, and I was like, well, only Clay Thompson can fit, fix that. But like, how do you fit, like, can, can somebody get you out of a shooting slump? I don't think so. I mean, unless they look at like the mechanics of how I'm releasing a ball or something, but I mean, I'm the one shooting the ball, so yeah. I don't know how, unless they program me or something. The reason I'm asking that, no, I'm, you're right, because the reason I'm asking that is like, what other sports, like profession other than sports, like we have to be our own everything. Like you gotta figure out how to get yourself out the slump. You gotta figure out how to be more creative. You gotta get your shot off in the game. And so like, when you're doing all that and hitting all of that, like how do you, like when you're going to the game, what are you locked in on? Like, I'm gonna do this today. Uh, I know for me, I let my defense turn to my offense. So I know that play defense hard, then it carries to my offense. I never look yeah. for my offense to dictate my defense. My defense dictates my offense. Because you can have an off night, but there's other parts of the game that you can go to and still contribute to the team. Like, you can do stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. So it's not always about offense. No, it's, I mean, it's, I'm glad. I'm going to ask you this. I think I already asked you before, but I'm asking you this setting now. You said, speaking of offense, and Don Staley said you don't be getting no buckets when you go there or something like that. They said that you be getting the buckets. They said that you be, you said defense. They said they be giving you buckets, honey. I'm just, so I'm just, I want to just, y'all got a, you know what I'm saying? Y'all got a nice squad and everything, but when you go back, I want to get it officially on tape. Do you be giving the buckets or getting bucketed? Look. Ask her what nickname I had when I was at South Carolina. Okay. Bucket Gitter. Oh, that's what they called you? Yeah, Bucket Gitter. Who gave you that nickname? Because I found out people was giving themselves nicknames, so I... Oh, yeah, I gave, I gave myself the nickname for no! South Carolina. It's because I was giving Bucket. You gave yourself the Bucket Gitter nickname, but then you went out there and got a Bucket. Yep, and then she, <laughs> I mean... it stuck to her. She started calling me BG, and when, it, when I go back, she like, BG, And that means, boom, well, get us some Buckets. That's all I want. <laughs> get us some Buckets, man, this summer. Appreciate you joining us. No problem. Thank BG, you. baby. <laughs> All right, so that was Alicia Gray. As you guys can see, these interviews took place during media day. We still have more interviews coming because I sat down with every single player that came to our station. So I'm excited, man. Like, this is an MVP candidate that we talk about. Put some respect on her name. And now we got JT John Thomas, AKA JT Made It coming up. And JT is a designer that has worked with probably your favorite athlete. Check it out. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
You guys, this is John Thomas here. He's a fashion designer and we're going to get into it because he mostly focuses on women, which is pretty lit. So JT, welcome to the show. Renee, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Let's go. All right. So first of all, you're an athlete. You're, you um, are a former college baseball player. Talk a little bit about that because it's interesting. I always like when I see athlete turned, I always say like athlete turned what? So you're athlete turned fashion designer. I am. Yeah. Um, you know, I played at USC, so I was, I was pretty good. Like a lot of uh, Division One student athletes, I had aspirations of going pro. Pretty quickly, though, I realized that, uh, you know, SC specifically recruits a lot of kids from Orange County. Uh, which is a very right wing area. Um, So to make a long story short, I spent four years in a locker room with almost a team entirely of people who voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Wow. Um, So that kind of more or less ruined my relationship with the sport because I just associated every day going to the field with having to deal with that. And I was a captain for three years. So I, I, I couldn't just put my headphones in and ignore everybody. So what, how'd you deal with that though? Because usually you don't even talk politics, right? Like, but there was, this was a time where people were pretty much started outwardly talking about their politics. You're a captain trying to just in the idea of stick to sports, but you're a captain and you're trying to be a captain of the baseball team. Like what, like, how do you navigate that? It was tricky. And, and, you know, I made a a decision after freshman year that I wasn't going to live with my teammates anymore. Wow. Um, I started living with football guys. I just kind of had to accept that it's okay that like a lot of the guys in the team aren't going to like me for what I say. I'm going to try my best to educate them, but you can only do so much. Um, And eventually it just really starts to, to wear on you. And it was more, you know, it wasn't even talking politics it was just comments that were made you know baseball obviously a male dominated sport there's a lot of misogyny a lot of homophobia a lot of racism like those comments are just thrown around the locker room and laughed at by people it's crazy because people will be like in 2016 yes in 2016 and i'm sure in 2023 as well yeah no it's it's i promise it's still the same there um so it was hard i just kind of made a decision like i'm not really necessarily here to be liked by everybody um i have a platform usc athletics gives me a platform and i'm going to use that platform to push things that are more important than being liked by my teammates dang and so fashion was was on your mind um i'm curious like how do you go about starting your first piece? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you can like fashion, but how do you go to where now? Like you, this is a custom piece I'm wearing right now. JT made it right here on. It's like, how do you go from, all right, I'm going to focus on other things than baseball as well as baseball. And then to creating like customized pieces. So in, in college baseball, they often, especially when you're younger, send you to play summer ball. So to give you an idea of my schedule, my, the end of my freshman year, we played our last game of the season at Washington, probably like May 30th. On June 2nd, I was on a flight to Alaska for the entire summer to play 60 more games in like 70 days. What? Is this like a moment where people don't know about WNBA players playing overseas? Is this like, I have no idea what you're talking about, JT. So you go three days after your season ends you hop on a plane and you head to Alaska to start another yeah, season. There's these summer summer leagues that are just started specifically for collegiate players in the summer. Um, and when you're younger in college, you don't get much of a say where they send you. And so I went to Alaska. It rained every single day for <laughs> two months. What? It never got dark at all. You might have like an hour of dusk at like 2 a.m., but it was never dark. What? It was kind of similar to how the minor leagues are with the long bus rides right into games. And it just wasn't for me. Like I just realized the, the things about baseball, you know, I grew up on Kobe Bryant. I, I idolized Kobe. So the things about baseball that I love were the stuff that I really took from him, which were the preparation and the work, but the actual sport itself, like I just didn't have that love for it. And, and if you don't love something, and you're in Alaska for two months playing a game every day. Oof. It's you hard. Listen, I played in Russia for three years. So I know what you're talking about when you talk about the long rides. We was taking planes, trains, and automobiles to get places. You got to, 
to your point, you got to really, really love something to sacrifice basically living a normal lifestyle because that is not, you know, those aren't normal lifestyles. Right. So the next summer after my sophomore year, this is where the fashion, like I had already been into clothes. I just like dressing up. You know, I was a kid that would wear a suit to, to class in high school. And, you know, people would think it was weird. What? But like, like for no reason, it ain't even like I wear a suit. career day. <laughs> Any chance I get to wear a suit, like I'm going to put it on. <laughs> you better put that thing on, JT. <laughs> so uh, sophomore summer, they tried to send me back to Alaska and I said no, which was a whole thing. But I just said, if you want me to play, because um, I missed some of sophomore season with the injury, so I didn't get a full season of at-bats. If you want me to play, like it has to be in L.A. because I'm going to stay in L.A. I'm going to explore, you know, production and fashion and just learn about it. Wow. And so luckily they placed me on a team in Pasadena, which I live downtown. So it's not far at all. Um, or at the time I was living in SC, which is basically downtown. My schedule that summer, I like pushing myself. So I had a strength coach who was at SC who would get to the facility super early in the morning. Like, like what time? Give me give me a time frame. So we work out like 4 a.m. Oh, no. Oh, no, honey. I would do workouts from like four to six. I'd have summer school from, you know, eight to nine thirty, you know, one class a day. Nothing crazy. Yep. And yep. Then I, would, I would take long naps from like 11 to 2.30 p.m. Um, and then I would go to the field and play. But that summer I met a fashion designer who's a former NBA player. His brother is a rookie or just finished his rookie season on the Rockets. Who's that? Josh Christopher is his brother. Patrick is became Patrick Christopher. His brand is called Sloan and Bennett. It's beautiful stuff. He became a mentor to me that summer. And so I got to shadow him uh, whenever I could in between summer school and workouts and games. And that summer is when I really fell in love with the process of designing and production and the hands-on stuff like pattern making and actually sewing my own stuff. So that's really when it started. That's crazy. When you're talking about all that, have you seen the show Next in fashion it's like um, on netflix i've seen the trailer for it i haven't actually watched it it's crazy because like even if you're not into fashion like i'm into fashion a little bit because i just like to see how things are created it, i don't even care if it's a cooking show i like to see how things are made like the show um the bear but you like the process yes i like to see the processes and so you basically fell in love with the process which is i could see how when i relate everything back to sports it's like that's what athletes fall in love with in, in general. You fall in love with the process of getting better every single day. That's why athletes can transfer their like focus and passion so easily because it's like you that summer fell in love with the process. All right. So now fast forward to last year, you know, it's all-star where this is, you know, this is all-star week when this is coming out and it's all-star last year. What were you doing with the WNBA last year for WNBA all-star, JT? We had a, a really fun and, and probably my favorite project so far. But, you know, I've, uh, Ari Chambers has been a huge supporter of mine since I started. Shouts to Ari. Ari's the best, yes. Uh, she put me in contact with the right people at the WNBA. Another shout-out to Ashley Simmons, who always has my back at the league. But worked with Ashley to kind of come up with something we could do um, just for the players, because I, you know, what drives me is is doing what I can to grow their platform. Um, and if they get some custom pieces that nobody else gets, like you, however much it helps, it helps. Um, so we came up with the idea, like we're going to do uh, five jackets for the two captains, the MVP, the skills competition winner and the three point champ. And it was logistically a little bit tough, but we figured it out. You know, I went out there with. <laughs> The captain's one's finished, obviously, because I didn't know who would get the other three um, and one kind of stock size that would more or less fit anybody. Oh, snap. So you were like like fixing it live because you didn't know who was going to win. I brought Yo. all my materials to Chicago, yes. What? <laughs> but the the project was really well received. Um, uh, hopefully we'll do it again this year. I'm still waiting for approval, but we're working on it. And it was just like surreal for me because – you know, Asia Wilson is she's one of my favorite athletes and to get to do like a whole shoot with her and to talk to her, um, get her feedback on the piece. It was surreal. Um, so that that weekend was a big one for me. I also got to do the the press conference with Sabrina, which was crazy. Crazy. This is crazy, JT. I need a video of the interview because I do not remember a single thing. Like, I, Once I you blacked, blacked out, out, you was just in the zone. I was just it was kind of like it came together at the last second, like. 
I was out there with Ashley. We didn't know when we were going to give the jacket to Sabrina. She wrapped up the press conference and was waiting for another question, but there weren't any. I basically that got scooted up on stage, like, come on, go right now. Walked up there and Sabrina was like, what's happening? <laughs> and all the reporters like, sit down, sit down, give him a mic. And they started asking me questions. Oh, <laughs> that was like your moment. Like if this was like the movies, like in the movies, people would not believe that happened. But that was your moment. That's dope. And if, in case y'all want to see that moment, I think it was Business Insider, right? They did a whole spread on you and the leading part is about that moment. Also, it's it's award season. We know that the BET Awards just passed recently. We know the ESPYs. Um, and I was hollering at you because I'm like, JT, when are you going to hook it up? What's next? Like in a sense of we know that you can do Letterman jackets, in case you guys are wondering, that's what the jackets were. They were Letterman jackets that he did for WNBA All-Star. He does all kinds of different jackets. He does customized pieces like the one I have on. I was basically applying pressure to JT that I'm ready for him to make a customized fit for my wife, Serena, and I so that when we pull up to a award show or any red carpets, we want to pull up in a custom piece. So I'm just going to ask you live right here, like, are you going to shift to that or is that like, no, you want to stay in courtside wear or street wear? Like, what's up? There's two paths that I want to do kind of simultaneously. One of them is shifting to the higher end pieces. You know, like, I think probably my strongest passion within designing is dressmaking. I love dressmaking. I think it's it's just so unique how you drape the fabric and really start from like actual scratch. So that really intrigues me. And then obviously anything else that goes along with carpet looks or gala, that that kind of idea. Um, so, yeah, I do want to expand it. It's something that I can do. I just need, you know, um, what's good about the jackets is I don't need any measurements. I really don't even need any sizing at this point because I've done so many that it's kind of an eyeball thing. Wow. And then the second path is there's a trend in the NBA of, teams bringing in fashion designers as creative directors mm. so here i'm going with it if a WNBA team were to do that and bring in a fashion designer as their creative director you get a step up on the entire rest of the league in terms of what you're turning out in merchandise so that's the other route that i want to pursue heard you jt okay you better speak what you want into the atmosphere that's dope though so basically the answer is yes you will be creating us a matching set at some point because you are going to get there i'm applying pressure y'all because i'm telling you like I I literally said this to Serena before I came on the interview. You were, I was like, this is going to be dope to get an interview with JT right now because I just really feel like you're going to blow up at a certain point. And then we're going to have this interview of, I'm going to be like, look at look, young JT. That's what we're going to be thinking when we look back on this because I just feel like you have a crazy trajectory that's happening. So when you see like basically the world of fashion colliding with the sports world like you know what are your thoughts on yeah you wanted to be a uh, like a creative designer for a team but like what are your thoughts on the fa the state of fashion and sports like you said they become so intertwined and it's um the you know women's sports the WNBA specifically has really made a point in terms of putting out socials and that kind of thing and and these women can dress like if like you look at um, Diamond De Shields, who I love Diamond, she's a friend of mine. She put out a tweet last week during Paris Fashion Week, which um, there it was a picture of Tayana Taylor, Rick Owens, and a few other just fashion icons. And Diamond quoted it and said, "I should be in this picture." Oh snap! Every other any <laughs> other athlete would have said that. You would have been like, "All right, whatever." But but it's true. Like Diamond belongs in that picture. Talk your talk, Diamond. Basically, it's like talk your talk. Yeah. When you look at her fits the last few years, like it's it's really she really knows how to dress. And as far as I know, she doesn't have a stylist. She doesn't have any of that. Like she just knows how to dress. She just put that on. She just put that stuff on them outfits on. Right. It's it's really it's just like I look forward to every night seeing what I, I think she's only at the home games because she's injured right now, but seeing what Dallas is going to post the outfit pictures, I look forward to Diamond's picture, like every single game. I love hearing this from what do fashion designers look forward to? Of course, it's the tunnel walk fits. That kind of uh, attention, like what's, it's just what's so un unique about women's sports. Like you, there's so many reasons you could be a fan of a player. 
if you were to look at the NBA, you were to look at like a, a uh, obviously Diamond's not an off the bench player. She's an impact player, but say like a second guy off the bench, if you were to be a fan of that player, like you'd have to be a diehard basketball fan to be a fan of like, I'm not going to put anybody on blast, but like a, a bench player. But if you were to take a WNBA player who came off the bench, started kind of a mix of both. I know Izzy Harrison has done that in the past. There's so many reasons you could be a fan of Izzy Harrison. I love the way you think, JT. That's dope. Her outfits. Um, she did like a skincare tutorial on YouTube. You could have watched that and been like, this girl is dope. Shouts to Monique Billings on the Atlanta Dream because she she does those skincare um, like routines and everything as well. And I love that. Like what you're saying to the point where it's almost like you're saying women's players they share a lot of themselves so there's so much of them to like to be able to attach to don't go anywhere stay tuned for more with john thomas Since it's all-star, I want to get your all-stars, your starting five for the WNBA for fashion. So this is fashion all-stars from JT, the fashion designer. And I'm going to keep talking a little bit to give you a little bit of time to think because this is kind of like I did Bomani Jones. So if you guys listen to that episode with Bomani, I asked him straight up on the spot. I'm letting you guys know this is what I'm doing to JT right now. I did not ask him before this this question. It just hit me because I'm like, you know what? This is all-star. Let's talk about some fashion all-stars. So in no particular order, who would you say is your starting five of the WNBA? We're going to start with Diamond because Diamond is – Diamond, when you talk about fashion and sports, not even just WNBA, like you, you can't not mention Diamond. It's – Really high level. I can't stress that enough. Love it. I've been really impressed with Stewie this year. Hmm. Stewie's been dressing this year, so I'm going to put Stewie in there. Okay. Izzy's going to be in there too. Isabel Harrison. Isabel Harrison. Yeah, she just the way that she went from uh, th- like her trajectory from from now being a Jordan athlete and and she takes a lot of risks. She experiments with and it always works. She experiments with looks, and that's kind of what you like to see is people experimenting. They're not sticking to one silhouette, a select couple colors. Izzy really the whole spectrum. Like she 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 hits it. Hmm. I like that. I'm gonna put Dijanae in there. Okay. Shouts to Dijanae Carrington. Yep, one of the younger players that's that's been uh obviously she finished college before right before I think NIL became a thing. But Dijanae kind of, you know, I kind of think of her in that that world of college players who really, you know, from playing basketball to a full face of makeup every time she plays to the lashes, to the nails, <laughs> would have done big numbers on, you know, NIL stuff. No, definitely. And she's out there doing numbers in the game too. So we, he like, she's, she's doing work right now this season. Someone needs to start talking about DJ as the most improved player. I like this JT. All right. So we're at four right now. So who's rounding out your starting five? My fifth and final member. I'm going to go Shatori in DC. Oh, wow. I like that. I've been following her fits. I've been really impressed for the last two years. I think she's going to round out my five. Wow, I love that. All right, so that's your five. I'm going to throw in a couple honorable mentions that I've noticed this year. Satu Sabli, I'm like, she's been doing her thug thizzle. She's coming like, because she's so tall and has like a model build, when she puts on her outfit, she looks like a model. Um, and then shouts to um, Arike Agumbawale. I feel like she has... She has this swag about how she puts her stuff on. Those are a couple that pop in that pop in my mind off the top. But I love hearing why you gravitate towards certain people. So basically, when we talk about fashion, I think I was watching the show next. And um, I think it was Gigi Hadid that basically said, fashion is about taking risks. Somebody either needs to love your outfit or hate it. Is that like, like, how do you feel about that statement? Because it's like, I like for, I want everybody to love it. But basically they're like, nah, you got to take some risks 
and and either they love it or hate it. I think it's spot on. Um, I was just talking to a buddy of mine who he works in the music industry with uh, a lot of rappers and and he was asking me what I thought of somebody's look. And, and I was like, it looks good, but it looks no different than any other rapper. And there's a couple rappers that, I, that I've been really impressed with in terms of expanding, like Tyler, the creator. Um, I think Quavo has done a good job recently of expanding like the silhouettes he experiments with. But I think it's all about experimenting. And sometimes when you experiment, it's not, I mean, it might work for you, but it's not going to work for everybody. Right. If I put on a fit and I love it and other people hate it, that's not really my problem. <laughs> so, okay. So I like that you say that. So if you, if you basically design something for somebody, right, you design Serena and I's outfit, then we pull up to the Met Gala and everybody is like, Boo! Worst dress list is Renee and Serena. They came and they stunk up the red carpet. You, you like, you're like, nah, I'm cool, man. Like our designs are dope. Are you really that bulletproof? Because for me, I might be stressed, JT. <laughs> uh, well, you and Serena pull off whatever you put on, so that that exact situation would never Thank happen. You. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean. It's all subjective. So uh, if if I design something that I believe in, and you and Serena wear it, and you believe in it, like you know, what else is there to it, really? That's so lit. It's about how it makes you feel. That's kind of uh, with the custom pieces, especially with the jacket, which just provides just basically a big canvas to tell someone's story. Basically, um, that's that's one thing I really like about the jackets. And again, shout out to you for be in the first jacket order because you were the one that pushed me to figure it out. That's what me and you are going to do, JT. Like we're going to just keep pushing and nudging and you're going to land, you're going to land somewhere where you want to be. I can, I can feel that. We're going to keep growing. I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about, it's all about who it's for. And that's, again, the jacket was a great piece because when I'm doing the custom looks, like I don't want my logo to be front and center. Like I want it to be about the player or the media member or the client, whoever it's for, I want them to feel connected to it. Like, for example, I did a, a piece for uh, Diamond Miller at the draft and like I put her family members names on the inside, on the lining, like close to her heart. And that, that you know, that was something that she really, really loved. Um, but it's all about just creating something, especially when it's the customs up. Obviously, when you start scaling you know, people are going to have to like it for it to sell. So that's a bit of a different story, but we'll get there. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's a whole different model, business model, you know, right. like, but yes, when you have to do it for the masses. The custom stuff, it's just about how can I create something that Renee and Serena or Dijanae or uh, Tasha Cloud or Ari, whoever it's for, feels connected to when they put it on. Got you. So I want to ask you so many questions. So I'm going to bounce around a little bit, but are there any more like fashion no-nos? You know how it used to be like, don't wear white after Labor Day or you don't wear black and brown together or blue and black don't mix or this can't be oversized. Is that like, has all those, like is everything out the window now and fashion just is? I would say yes. Obviously, again, subjective. The whole white after Labor Day, like that never made sense to me. So I, I never... <laughs> But uh, in terms of colors going together, like, yeah, there's a couple colors that I look at. I'm like, okay, I don't really like black and navy next to each other. Me neither. Um, so there, there are times where where you'll see it and it'll be like, I don't really think that that's a great look. Um, now, there are other ways to put black and navy together on a garment where they're not right next to each other, where it can still work. But for the most part, I would say all that's out the window, especially in a post I don't know if we're technically post COVID or not. Yeah, we can we can speak it into existence. <laughs> you look at um, and I I read everything about him because I love him. But Jerry Lorenzo with Fear of God, the way that he attacks um, kind of home wear in terms of we're working but we're still in the house. Yeah. Uh, so let me create an entire line of loungewear for the house, but it still makes you feel like okay, I'm up, started my day. I'm doing stuff, getting things done. Like there's just so many yeah, that's different smart. avenues. Yeah, he's he's a genius. <laughs> there's so many different avenues that you could attack. All right. So having said that about Jerry and Fear of God, who is your top five of all-star designers that you would like to work with? So number one, um, and this is a woman that's become 
a close friend of mine and a mentor. And I think the world of her, her name is Brittany Hampton, a person that I would love to connect you with. Actually, Brittany is a stylist, a designer, just an all around creative that has taught me a lot. She just was all, she was out of Paris Fashion Week last week. She looked amazing with all her looks. He was formerly with Honor the Gift, Russell Westbrook's brand, um, for a few years. And uh, I'm excited to see what's next for her. Number two, I'm going to go with the other designer I, that helped mentor me in the beginning is Patrick Christopher. Um, his okay. brand is Norman Bennett. He's a high-end menswear designer. Yeah, I've seen that. That's like, it gives very much so like sophisticated vibes. Yes, he, it's it's beautiful. He calls himself the Black Ralph. <laughs> He's a star. Uh, number three would be Jerry Lorenzo, um, just because when you go from Fear of God to Essentials to the At Home Collection, like you just, like the man sold out the Hollywood Bowl for a fashion show. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That would obviously be really cool. Number four, and this is a guy that is his path in terms of doing it through sports um, and pop culture is Don C, Just Don. Um, oh, Just Don, what up? That's my guy. I got to meet him at NBA All-Star, which I was really excited about. We had a good conversation. would love to work with him and just pick his brain. <sighs> Number five, Tom Brown. Ooh. I think Tom Brown, Tom Brown revolutionized – that's a strong word, but I'll use it. Revolutionized the suit look. When you go back to like, do you remember the playoff run where the Cavs and LeBron, they wore suits the entire playoffs? Yeah, the all black, when they were black, all black everything. It was all, all Tom Brown. Um, oh, for real? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it was all Tom Brown. Um, a friend of mine uh, who I went to SU, he plays in the NFL now, he always wears Tom Brown. He just wore Tom Brown to the White House. And so what made Tom Brown different? Like you said, revolutionized suit wearing what? Like, because he made shorts and different things of that nature? Um, I just think it was the silhouette. You know, obviously, if you look back at the history of suits, like they've they've changed so much. They've, you know, the, the trends have circled around and come back. Like there's so many through the decades, different ways to wear suits. I think he really started popping in the early 2010s. But just like the, the structure of it and, and um, I think he was really smart to to do it on big NBA players because that's, uh, you know, a lot of those guys typically, and I'm sure they were custom, but they're also available for sale. But typically, like, obviously, we just had the NBA draft. A lot of those guys are one-of-one custom pieces that are made just for them and just for their measurements. But Tom Brown um, used the, the Cavs as a platform, I guess, to, to expand into the sports world. Um, so I just love the way that he meshed high-end fashion and sports. Everybody, if you don't know, like that was an iconic where they came in in the all black. I think even LeBron had shades on. They had on all different types of suits. Some were shorts, literally bottoms and, and long socks on some. It was just like they literally looked like they were walking a fashion runway because everybody had on different styles and different cuts but that's what i mean by it's so interesting how fashion and sports have collided now to where they're pretty much meshed as one and that's why when it comes to somebody like you jt it's like your trajectory is going to be crazy because we are going to cross over onto the red carpet high-end fashion wear and then you're going to be like the designer like get you a designer that can do both Court side wear and high fashion wear. JT, I appreciate you for first of all being my fashion designer and, and hooking me up with custom one on one pieces, but also for pulling up on us here at Mocha. This is fun, Renee. I appreciate you always. You know that. My most my most loyal client. <laughs> John Thomas, a.k.a. JT, made it. So stay tuned because I'm really going to take him up on this. Me and the missus are going to have matching fits when we hit the red carpet. I'm hoping that it's going to be a custom one-on-one JT design. And keeping on the theme of All-Star, we have Eb Jones back. She's going to be back a lot. She's going to be a contributor with us because for obvious reasons, she's lived 100 lives. She has a lot of knowledge. And plus, I just like chopping it up with Baby G. We're going to talk All-Star with the crew. Thank you. 
It's WNBA All-Star time. We all start peaking, All-Star weekend. And here's my thoughts. I'm going to, and as you guys know, I'm joined by the two lit crew, my crew right here. And then we got Ev Jones, baby G joining us for this discussion as well. All-Star has been a huge discussion across all sports. Like the NFL has been trying different things at their pro bowl. They're trying to figure it out. The NBA is trying to figure it out. They're doing playground style choosing, like picking your teams and the WNBA, you know, we're still trying to figure it out as well. So when I think about all-star, it's so funny because it's like, now things have to change because of All-Star. And the reason I say that is because when you think about the past All-Star games, when they were competing, it was just interesting. And you didn't really have to do a lot to make the game interesting because Kobe literally has interviews where he talked about, I'm about to turn up in the fourth quarter. Everybody know in the fourth quarter, I'm going to play. I don't care what happens, I'm going to play. But it's almost gotten to the point now where All-Star games, it's players don't even want to play in it. It's not serious really anymore. And it's more so like, you know, you get the accolades, but then it's, there's the all-star weekend that surrounds it and all the other activities. It's almost like all-star has gotten bigger than the game, but the game has almost been left behind or something like the game, even the dunk contest, but the women don't have the dunk contest. I know, but I'm just all-stars in general. So it's WNBA all-star happening in Vegas this year. They already announced the starters um, but I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on just All-Star Snook. You've already been to WNBA All-Star in Vegas. I thought it was dope. But I want to hear your thoughts on All-Stars, everybody. They just need to follow the players around after the All-Star games. Like, forget the game. <laughs> Go to play the, party the game. Yet. Yeah, follow people at the party. See people where they stay in, in Vegas, where people pulling up, if they in the casinos, where the party. They should just do that. And then, yes. I'm, I mean, honestly, if they want to actually bring people to see what's going on, go behind the scenes because, like you said, the game, eh. <laughs> whatever you know you know because people are playing but they don't want to get hurt you yeah. know nobody's trying to get really hurt it's supposed to be fun it's for you know it's so many things that's good with the game i'm not saying don't take don't take the game away i'm not saying that but i'm saying if you want to bring the eyes back to it let's see what goes on behind the scenes i i think that would probably be more interesting owners that show up like see how many owners show up what the owners are doing what parties you know how much are they betting the on them games oh my gosh go to some of these betting these sit sit in the casinos and go to some people who are betting or even like the other players that came that are betting you know just follow people behind the scenes because like, i think that people would be more interested in seeing how they spend their time at all-star weekend after That's the game than hearing about what happened you know we always hear about it in some random place after the game oh so-and-so was here at the all-star after a game and we would just probably want to see what's going on like live so i think that would be the best thing to do i like that include the festivities in the broadcast like yeah. so i mean you know my first thought because i think the nba side does a good job with their celeb i think the WNBA needs a celebrity game like i think that that brings a lot of first of all, star power to your event. So yes. basically like the NBA, if people don't know, they have a celebrity game that's presented by a big sponsor. Sometimes it's uh, Sprite. Sometimes it's the new company. I forget the name of that company, but sorry. 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 Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. fans is obsessed. Yes. And you have a big sponsor come in. You have a celebrity game this year. Janelle Monet came through and shut it down. Um, what was his name? Ben Affleck came through cause they were promoting air. There was just a lot of star power that came through because they're promoting something, which people are always promoting something. So I think that's a good point, Cole. And I would say my suggestion to elevate, like bring the WNBA game, a celebrity game where now beforehand, we know all these celebrities are going to be there so they can be at the game now and just give more interaction, more life. I actually like the all-star game i'm one of these lame people that <laughs> likes the all-star game okay i know you know what i like to go to the actual even if i don't get to go to the actual all-star game i like to go to like the event cities i feel like all the parties around there and all the little events i think that's fun i think you know all the festivities i do like that aspect of it but as far as the game i mean i feel like the game is you know i i, I do wish that it, we had more eyes on it because i do think that is a fun event for whatever reason you know that we're mentioned a lot of people are aren't as you know keen to watching it but it is you know like i feel like for tradition's sake I'm, I'm a traditional kind of person i do like for it to keep on going and for eyes to come back i don't know how we can do that well i, I like the competition as well i, I think and i don't want to you know be uh down on the WNBA, but you know just women's sports 
all together, we need more advertising. We need more marketing. I think, you know, we need to pump it up a little bit to get more eyes on the sport. And, you know, there's a lot, you know, I, I'm always for whatever side Renee's team is on. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, we got to see which team the, the Atlanta Dream yeah, players I've been East and I've been West, but, uh, you know, I, I like you know, I like the game. And as Nikki said, if we had a little bit more hoopla around some of the activities and some of the things that, you know, goes on or whatever, or uh, DraftKings, you know, we could be there and kind of, you know, give it a little spark or whatever. <laughs> okay, DraftKings, you're calling you out. Come on, DraftKings. <laughs> what do you think, Baby G? Like, what, what's your thoughts around, surrounding All-Star? Yeah, so from my perspective, um, it's about the culture of the game, and that's what makes the W so different from um, NBA All-Stars because it's not called NBA All-Stars. It's called NBA All-Star Weekend. Like, mm. like it's a whole experience that whole weekend. Um, and we don't get that from on the W side. And then, like, and I worked the, the, that first one in Vegas and it was, like, so great. Like, everybody left thinking, like, oh, this was the best All-Star ever because we did that. Like, we had that pool party where Snoop was DJing. Like, we had the day events. We had the, like field day, like the, the convention center where all the like the events and stuff were happening. So that's why when I heard, because I didn't go last year in Chicago and I heard like it was no events open to the public because of gun violence or whatever. I was like, what? Like that's the whole point of the weekend is to make it an experience for the fans. You mean to tell me these fans flew here from wherever they came from and they can't even go to half of the events? Like that was just the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the fun part, right? I was like, what? That's not an all-star weekend. Like what the hell? Like, so um, hopefully that changes this year. I don't know. I'm not involved anymore. But that first year, but it, and it's also about the caliber of talent that is out there and they're paying for. Like, I can't even go through, like, the levels and the extent that I had to go through to get Tiana Taylor approved to perform at the halftime. Oh, yeah. Show that year. And, and all the players were, like, front and center, like, everything. That moment, a moment like that has not happened since. And, like, last year, they didn't even have a halftime perform. I was like, well, where is the marketing money going to if y'all don't have this big name? Like, that's the draw. Those big right. name people that make it an experience and not just about the game. So hopefully they they fix that this year and have somebody good performing at the halftime show because everybody was like literally like we had no halftime show like everybody was like where was the act like they went to commercial it was like a package from ESPN and then we came back to the game everybody was like wait <laughs> so those things that 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 the league office is not prioritizing that gets the press is going to be the issue like you have to do the things that are going to get people talking about it that are going to get people to say oh I wish I had went this year that have that FOMO factor if you're not doing cool stuff and stuff that's about the culture that they, that people care about you're not going to get that FOMO factor from people and that's what NBA All-Star has always been it's been that FOMO like I remember they used to like make fun of the girls that would like take the because I don't even know if Greyhound even exists anymore but they would like make fun of like the girl the broke girls the hood girls that would take oh. the group out to whatever NBA All-Star city to be involved in whatever that was going on back in the day because it was like it was the place to be even if y'all yes, people in one room. room that's it people in one hotel room with one queen size bed but y'all figured it out because it was about the experience and being there and feeling the energy of the city yes, so, yeah, yes. until they get that up and get the energy around the game and the excitement around like the activities and making sure fans feel like they missing out if they're not there then it's just gonna still kick continue to fall flat. Say it louder. I know, exactly listen, we can't right. say we can't say that per se. I'm so glad that you're saying thank you. Thank you so much, Ab. Thank you <laughs> so it, much. Say it, say all the flowers. It. All the flowers. Oh, I, I totally agree. And I and and it's almost like people can't say it. They're not allowed to say it because I don't know why they are not allowed to say it. What is it hurting? Ain't nobody, there's nobody going. So I don't know whose feelings are hurting by saying you need to do better, but they really just need to do better. And like you said, I heard it was the best one. And then last year was like, uh, okay. And I think last year they sold out. So we're talking about experiences because last year the arena sold out. So this should tell you that the fans want to be there the fans yes. want to be engaged and so yeah. I, that's the best part like everything when Ebb was talking when I was giving me life because I'm like yes that's exactly what I love about it but it's like to Cole's point unless you're there and I guess now you know like people are you know after the pandemic people are I guess finding their footing back with content and things like that but people need to see that people need to see like like Ebb said that, that you know the masses need to see all of this stuff that's happening in this city because a lot of times it is very fun when you're in the city but then it's only maybe that small group of people that could probably experience it and to your point as well there's it needs to be a whole full weekend event you know like nba all-star because though that 
that is the fun part that's going to get the more tourists to those cities and those games. Definitely. And and then, so I think in an attempt to extend the weekend, the skills challenge is now on a different day, I believe so, than the WNBA All-Star game. So if that's the right start, maybe, because that's what the celebrity game does. The celebrity game is usually the day before the all-star game. So people come in earlier or something of that nature, but I can see the start happening if that is what is happening. But I just think that, you know, the more star power you can bring like to baby G we were talking about Snoop Dogg was DJing. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, Snoop Dogg DJed the pool party that year. Wow. I got FOMO now. I I, want to be there. There was so so many great events. We like, we had really, really great sponsors that year that like really put their best foot forward and made, stuff happen like even the fan fest was amazing the different vendors that we had in that room where people were like like we were giving out orange hoodies there we were giving out a whole bunch of merch that's another thing too like the presence of merch like um i remember i saw some video last year where they had like at all-star or no maybe it was nba all-star they had yeah they had a WNBA section at at nba all-star that you could get like a custom hoodie or something like just make more opportunities for people to want to represent the brand and be involved in the brand because like even that year at all-star was when I unveiled the um the WNBA fanny pack. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. everybody wanted them. one of them things. Like where would you find that? Why everybody walk around with a WNBA fanny pack? So that's the moment to like drop those things too. That's smart because you had the earrings. You, you had yep. yeah, the we, we got we got them. Yeah, I was still mad wears about those earrings. earrings. <laughs> Let's it and get one. I may still have one. I can get you. I can get you. Can get you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you I still God. rock. I still rock my joints. Like the earrings were dope, but that's the thing. It's like at all times. This is honestly what I tell our Atlanta Dream group all the time. I just got off of a call with with one of the Dan's. We have 100 Dan's on our team, but I got off a call with one of the Dan's and I was literally, everybody knows I always say, if it ain't sexy, if it ain't lit, it ain't us, because that's kind of what I want people to associate. I'm still with. waiting on my t-shirt too. Okay, listen, you know what? Oh, I did get you one. I got you one. Real talk. I did. I, I literally did. Um, no, but y'all killing it with the merch. I just want to give you a shout out to that, like from y'all partnership with... Um, Player Society. There we go. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Oh, so, like, y'all are one yes. of the first people to do a collab with them. Like all y'all merch been fire. Like, like, Thank you. like so fire. Like every year when y'all do a drop, like that drop last year, I was like, wait a second. I need everything <laughs> in this line. And I'm trying to be impartial because I got friends on every other team. So I don't Oh, no, we don't do that. <laughs> I just, you know, wear Tim gear. I just wear W logo gear or like player stuff. But I was like, wait a second. I may need this whole Atlanta dream line right here. <laughs> That's a huge compliment coming from you yes. that's, yeah. that's crazy y'all been doing some fire merch and even how y'all marketing like with all the players in it and y'all doing the whole lot like y'all been doing some really cool stuff so kudos to y'all renee you definitely are setting a good groundwork for for hopefully more more uh more um management groups and um coming in and getting some great consultant from actually people who did it so yeah Yo, let's go listen <laughs> first of all thank you baby g y'all gotta know that this woman is a tough critic all right so i want y'all <laughs> yeah, to she gonna tell you she's gonna tell you like baby gb the most because i know that she don't care she just gonna keep it 100 but thank you yes we're trying to do some things and do some merch things but that's why i want so badly for the WNBA to elevate too because everybody rises when the WNBA goes up but i'm gonna tell y'all right now right here in case anybody didn't know eb jones is an atlanta dream fan i don't know what's wrong with i don't know what's going on here but right now baby g i can't you know like i like especially like the super team we created here in New York. I'm like, it's a, it's a New York thing. It's a New York thing. I, I won't hold that against you, Ann. I mean, I'm just, like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm so proud to like be happy to cheer for the home team right now because we had some years of New York, New York Liberty struggling. Like, okay, I mean, Westchester in that little school gym. That was tough. I played there, so I'm just happy that we like are in a good little groove right now with with New York Liberty basketball. So, but okay, you would like okay. to state that you are also a fan of what team? I just want to get it on tape. What team are you a fan of? When I'm in Atlanta, I <laughs> I root for whatever WNBA team I'm in their city at because I don't want to disrespect nobody in their. So that's that's what I'll do. And, and she over here asking for merch. <laughs> just go and say Renee on it. Like, oh, she whoa. said my merch. Okay. <laughs> she gonna make you an Atlanta Dream fan anyway. So, but, okay, so, what's so, the work on so, You want to know y'all what Atlanta Dream win the award for? What? 
the most lit stadium. I have a good time every time I'm there. I there have you go. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> From the music to the, just the environment to it, the lines for the alcohol not being too long because in New York, <laughs> they be so long. Like, I just be like, I can't wait this long for a drink. Oh so the experience that y'all have set up is great. So y'all the liveest, y'all the liveest crew as far as game presentation. I'll be on okay. Okay, I, f- I feel like we deserve like an actual trophy or something. Like yeah, that, know, that, that right? was beautiful. Let me just, because I would like to do an acceptance speech. Well, do, they still, do they still do that in the year awards? Remember that year that, y- that y'all came to Dallas with us to market the end of year team market awards? Uh, excuse me, I have a speech. I'm accepting my award. All right, so listen. <laughs> For most litest in-game experience, crowd participation goes to the Okay. <laughs> 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 so Did you write a speech? Did you write a speech for the occasion? Speech. Yes. Okay. okay, before the music comes on, before the music comes on. All right. So I wanna okay, first of all, shouts to the Atlanta Dream, shouts to Suzanne, Larry, and myself, because we knew we could be here one day when we took over this team. We were so excited about the city of Atlanta, about what could happen here. And you guys, we couldn't do this without y'all. How can we be too lit without the crew? Y'all are our crew, okay? <laughs> it's sunk in there. Every time we ask y'all to swag, y'all surf, baby. Every time we do the way y'all are up, y'all are saying defense, we're in it. So this is for the city of Atlanta. This is not even the Atlanta dream. This is for Atlanta. Thank you. I love you. Hot snook and diddy. <laughs> <laughs> She was really there right now. You know, like she, like she was there. Oh my god! She was there, like at the Golden Globes or something. I don't know. Thank God, though, so it don't count. She thank God, right? Oh, and first and foremost, I would like to give thanks to God, my Lord and Savior. Without him, this would never be possible. You know, I am so done. And I hope that generationally everybody gives thanks because that's what we do here at MoCo, where we'll see y'all next week. Burr, 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 burr.